capturing the world. Hey, what's going on, y'all? This is David Carmichael the second, and I am back with another episode of the Caption the World podcast. I have another great special guest. Her name is Drew Faraby. She is an experienced mental health professional who considers who considers it a privilege to have served in a plethora of different settings in the mental health field over the past six years. Drew, how you doing today? I'm good. I feel good. I'm happy to be here. That's good. So how how was your day today? How was work and everything? It was cool. I really was just thinking about coming to be. I've been thinking about the podcast for like the since we talked about it. I was like, yes, I get to be on the podcast. I like being on podcasts. So I was just thinking about coming here. Right. Yeah. So. That's what's up. Yeah. I was um actually when you, you know, reserved the time where you wanted to speak, mm-hmm. um, I was thinking about it too. Like, you know, we, we've known each other for a minute. To be mm-hmm. honest. We met in 2019. I was about to ask you, like, do yeah. you remember where we met at? Yeah, we met in 2019. It was crazy. I was working downtown Norfolk, and I was working as a crisis counselor then. And so normally on my break, I would just go walk around downtown just to, like, decompress and stuff like that. And it was random. I walked past um, the pop-up shop that Larry was having. I don't yeah. know what the event was for, but it was a pop-up shop. And that was my first time ever going to a pop-up shop. And I remember coming past your booth. You had a booth there. And you were telling me about um, Capture the World. And at the time, you had the baller, the scholar. Oh, yeah, balls for scholars. Yeah, yeah, you had that. And so I remember that's when we met. And I had just been following you. And I saw you at another pop-up shop. And so, yeah, we that was in 2019. Because the memory just popped up. Oh, it was like, it was last week. It was November something, 2019. So that's you know that's what, yeah, circle. you're right. Because I remember it was homecoming had just passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So um, so I'm, I'm glad to finally have you on the podcast. Yeah. And um, yeah, so let's you know get into a little bit of what you do. Um, you know this is a business podcast, so we want to get into it. So I, off the record, we was talking about the um event that Pharrell. Well, what what kind of event was it? Pharrell was so, there, but what was it called? Yeah, so it was a Mighty Forum um, conference. So it was a conference about diversity and equity and inclusion and small businesses and black businesses specifically and how we can pour into black businesses and how as entrepreneurs, um, there's different things that we need to know as entrepreneurs. He had the CEO of Yelp there, the president mm. of diversity and inclusion from Microsoft there. He had the CEO of Google there. Like he just had some super, super big names on stage to talk to people about entrepreneurship and philanthropy and business. Um, one of the panels I went to was called um, the face of small bit black businesses the face of the future and just people just talking about how they started their businesses and different challenges they've had and stuff like that so it was it was one of the best experiences i've ever had in my life and pharrell is so real like he was just so real um something that he mentioned throughout all three days was 
pushing the door open. So he said that we should be, well, they're not going to be able to see it on a podcast, but <laughs> he said, this is how we should open the door. Like we should push the door open for someone else. Like people be so stingy with information. Right, like right. he said, he feel like once people make it, they close the door. It's just like, I'm here now. Like I don't get, you don't get access to what I know. Right. And that is so true that people do that all the time. Mm. And I knew specifically that I wanted to get up here and say that I feel like you are someone who is just so free with information. Like everything you do, I feel like you just try to put people on, like even on your TikTok or on your businesses, you're telling people, this is how you figure out what kind of brand to get. This is how you figure out what clothes to get. Like, you just aren't stingy with your information as so many people in businesses are. And so I just want to say, I think that's what I admire the most about you and your, you being an entrepreneur, you having a business is that you're just not stingy. Like you want people to know, like you're not hiding no information. Like you just so willingly give information away. And that's just, that's helped me for sure. I remember when I called and asked you about different things about starting a merch company. And that's when I knew, you know what? I don't have the energy for this right now because it takes energy. Right. Like everybody wants to have a clothing brand, but he said, that's another thing he said too, that we want to start a movement, not a moment. Some mm. things be hot for a moment. You'll right. see a clothing brand that's hot for like a good, maybe even a year. And then after that, it's gone. And so I think it's cool that you just give information so freely. You just want to see people win. I appreciate that. that. That's an honor. Um, Yeah, I just know that, like, even on TikTok, it's funny because, like, I, I think I, I made a video saying, like, this is how you find, like, a manufacturer for your mm-hmm. business, right? Mm-hmm. And then people was like, they was like, okay, was well, what exactly, what manufacturer do you use? Mm-hmm. So I was like, look, man, I'm not going to be, I ain't going <laughs> to tell you my manufacturer, uh-huh. but, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, um, I can tell you how to get it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to tell you my manufacturers. It took mm-hmm. me a minute to even find those. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, I'm going to give you some information, but I'm not going to be able to give you every single thing. Yeah, you you know got to do a little bit of footwork. <laughs> you right. got to do something. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I just, you know, I love doing that. Cause I know that I just like helping people. Mm-hmm. And I know that um, if I was in the other person's shoes, I, I would want them to tell me some information, too. So, and that's the thing, too, with people like to gatekeep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it, I understand, like, we might gatekeep a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's nothing wrong with giving out information. You don't got to give out, like, every single thing you've done. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, it's like, you know, it took me a while to find out certain things. So I'm not going to tell you everything, but I'm going to give you some pointers, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, and do you I feel like, do the same thing. Yeah. Do you feel like you had somebody? Was this something that you just had to figure out all on your own and you had, like, kind of a mentor that kind of helped you to figure out some of these things as well or, or this was like all new for you too um i would say my dad oh. was um an influence because you know he was the one that started capture the world first oh. you know what i'm saying yeah i don't know if you know that but like he started it first and then he passed it down to me oh wow so like i'm just trying to carry on the legacy of the brand and he's still involved but um you know i'm kind of he passed it down to me so i'm kind of like the main guy mm. but he's still involved so but yeah, it started with him and he, mm. you know, taught me how to like screen print and how to, you know, print on clothes and stuff like that. Mm. And then like once he gave it to me, I kind of like added different things I've learned to kind of, um, I guess, bring it to a different level. Yeah. So and I'm still trying to like, you know, do things to kind of get get it out there. Like like I said, I'm going to Atlanta. You know, I already told you about that. Going to Atlanta next next week for the mm-hmm. um, 
the streetwear market. So yeah, it's just um my dad and then people I follow like um I was really a big follower of um Damon John. You know mm-hmm. Damon John Fubu, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um I was like a big follower of him and that was like my dad's the person he was following like back then wow. before we had like the internet and all that. Yeah. You know, Fubu was like one of the top black brands. So he that was like his inspiration. Wow. And I was like, man, I was learning from him too. That's like different black entrepreneurs. Nothing wrong with like anybody else, but yeah. it's different when you like relating to somebody that's the same color as yeah. you. Because you know it's harder for us. It's yeah. harder for us to um to get our foot in the door just to do anything in, in this country. So that's what Pharrell was saying too. Yeah. He was like that he wants so one part of it was the pitch contest where the number one one winner won like a million dollars to fund their business. He said that he wants to help black own businesses and black entrepreneurs to get the capital because right. that's where we all struggle. We have the ideas. We have um, the ideas. I won't say we always have the team, but we have the ideas. We don't always have the capital to start or to fund our businesses. Cause in the beginning, everything is you, you are funding everything yourself. And so right. that's what he said that he wants to help is not just to give the capital to them, but teach them how to manage it. Teach them really how to run a business. I think that it takes more than just an idea to run a business too. Like you have to have um, an entrepreneurial spirit. You have to have um, business savvy as well. You have to have like an MBA or anything like that. But I think that there are some logistics to business that you should know. Yeah, that's a fact. And like, yeah, capital is important because like you can have all the ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you can have the whole layout together, mm-hmm. your business plan and all that. But if you don't have the capital mm-hmm. to um, fulfill all those things you want to do, then you're just going to be stuck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that was kind of a problem I've had. And I'm still trying to, like, get capital. But um, I'm blessed to have enough capital to fund my Atlanta trip. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, like, mm-hmm. um, so, but it's a lot of things I want to do. That I, I haven't done yet. Mm-hmm. Like open up a storefront. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, design different pieces. Like I have so many ideas, but I would need like a manufacturer to actually make it. And then mm-hmm. they require like so many different, I mean, so many um, minimum minimum order quantities. Like yeah. you got to have a certain quantity before they can even put an order in. Like some people might be like, we need a hundred. You got to put a hundred pieces in before we can even make your order. Mm-hmm. And that bulk order might be like too expensive for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then you got to really know like, man, can I, is my brand popular enough to move mm-hmm. these pieces? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's another thing you got to think about too. Mm-hmm. Like what is the, what is the demand for your business? Mm-hmm. So you got to figure that out too. Cause you don't want to invest. Like this is, this is the specifically for clothing lines. Like if you got a brand and you want to make some pieces, you got to figure out what is the, the, um, the demand for it first. Because mm-hmm. you, you don't want to make too many pieces and then you can't sell it. Mm-hmm. And then you stuck for, with a bunch of product. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of things you got to figure out. But that's one of the most important things. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, back to what you were saying about capital. Yes. <laughs> like trying to get grants. Just mm-hmm. anything you can get. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I think a lot of businesses don't think about the grant aspect it's it's a hard aspect but it's not impossible anything is worth trying i feel like is yeah. to get capital anything is worth trying yeah for sure so um let's get into a little bit of your upbringing okay so um just tell us a little bit about you know where you grew up and 
maybe like what inspired you to go to school. I know mm-hmm. you went to ODU, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that tell us about the point of your upbringing up until how you went to school and all that. Yeah, so I was raised in Norfolk. I always am happy when I get to rap Norfolk. <laughs> but yeah, I was raised in Norfolk. News. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was raised in Norfolk. Um, I went to Norview and then I actually went to TCC first. Okay. So. I had planned to go in the military, um, but I failed my ASVAB. So, like, the end of the school year came, my senior year. I was like, dang, what am I about to do? Like, I failed my ASVAB. Everybody else figuring out what college they're going to. I don't really know what I want to do. And so my grandma was like, just try TCC and see what, um, just see how it is. And so I went to TCC, and it was the best experience of my life. I felt like I found my passion there. I found my purpose there. Um, it was a really good experience. And so they had a program with ODU. Um, and so I went to school for counseling. My major is human. My major was human services and I have a minor in children's rights. And so a lot of people don't really know I'm really into policy. So children's rights is dealing with like policy and the politics of things. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, that's how I got into that. So you went, so it was like a program that Mm-hmm. You was able to take classes at ODU too, or it was like you just you, you transferred from TCC to ODU? Yeah, so since TCC is a community college, right. it was you take these classes, and when you get to ODU, they'll accept all of your classes. And you won't, um, I was a junior when I got to ODU, so I it only I only had like a year and a half um, left at ODU, so that was convenient. Honestly, I wanted to go to Norfolk State, <laughs> but mm. they would not have accepted enough of my credits. Like, I would have had to do an extra three years, and I was like, no, I'm ready to get out of college. Right. So, um, yeah. My, it's so crazy. My goal was to never, I never thought about, like, having a business. I just knew that I wanted to be, like, a counselor. So, yeah, it's crazy how, like, life works out for you. That's what's up. Well, shout out to ODU. I'm currently yeah. taking classes myself. Okay. For um, mechanical engineering. Oh wow! And this one class is kicking my tail. <laughs> it's like an electrical engineering class. It's a hard major. <laughs> yeah, like so. This you know, this is a little bit about me that you probably mm-hmm. don't know. So like, I really wanted to be an engineer. So like, um, I went to Heritage High School in Upper News. Mm-hmm. So that was like an engineering magnet program mm-hmm. um, through through my high school. So you know, I was taking like engineering classes in high school, and then. I eventually went to Thomas Nelson, which is called what Virginia Peninsula College now. Mm. Um, so I did that first, and then I was taking engineering classes, and then I went to the printing school. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm currently – I went to the printing school, then I was um, – so I got my associates through Thomas Nelson. And then I transferred to ODU after I graduated the printing school to continue my education. Um, but I always wanted to be an engineer. Mm-hmm. So – and that was, like, one of the things that my dad wanted to do. A lot of, a lot of stuff that – I like to do now is like inspired yeah. by my dad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm currently taking classes, trying to get that, trying to do the clothing line thing yeah. too. So it's like I'm just doing a whole bunch of stuff. But yeah, you know, this I'm just I want to I like staying busy. I like I don't like not finishing stuff. Yeah. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm so close to getting it. Mm. I feel like I will I would fail myself if I don't. Go ahead and just go back to school. That's how I felt. I wanted to quit so many times. I knew that 
I knew that there was greater on the other side of getting a degree, but it took me a while to graduate school because I had a lot going on. So it took me a long time about to be like, man, bump this degree. I can be successful without it. But I was just like, I know that there are people that are successful without degrees, but I was like, I've come too far. Like I would just feel so bad about not finishing. Like I thought so many times, man, like at the TCC, I'm not going to go back, but I'm glad that I finished. So I can relate to you just saying it's just a finishing that matters. And then two people don't always so realize like, yeah, having a business is cool, but you need capital to fund it. And so with your job, what, what you're trying to pursue a degree in, it'll allow you the funds to be able to do what you want with your Thanks. business. So I don't think people think about that. Like we're in a culture where people are like down in nine to five jobs, like entrepreneur this, entrepreneur that. Like that's how you get to where you want to go. Like some Thanks. people, I mean, I can't wait till I get to the day where I can quit my job and do what I like work, enjoy full time. But it's just not that season yet. Like right. you're just not in that season. So I hate when people downplay like nine to five jobs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So we got to work for somebody. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the bills still got to get paid. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So you got to be smart about it. And, um, for real, for real, like if you can't afford to run a business. You probably don't even need to have a business to be honest. Some yeah. people, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but if you're able to still pay your bills and fund your business, um, congrats to you. And the thing is, you want to pay to make money from your business. Yeah. Like, you don't want to just feel like you're just spending money on your business and, and not making money from it mm-hmm. to at least break even. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah. that's another thing. But, and then it's just like, mm. I feel like there are skills that you learn working that help you in your business too. Mm -hmm. Like I had to have an honest conversation with myself to ask myself, do you have the discipline that it takes to run a business? Cause it takes some serious, it's nobody telling you what to do anymore. Everything is relying on you. Like you are the boss. You make your schedule. It's just like people think nine to five and was like, I want to work for myself. I want to be able to do what I want. No, you don't get to do what you want. You working probably, you are working more than you would be working at a nine to five job. And so I had to have a serious conversation with myself a few months ago like do you have the discipline to work um full-time for yourself right now and so I think that there are just some areas professionally that I know that I need to work on before I feel comfortable making that jump into like full-time entrepreneurship if that makes sense yeah and like (laughs) this is the way like I've always thought about it like if I'm not able to make my salary Mm-hmm. In my well, probably twice my salary because you mm-hmm. need your salary to pay for the stuff that you already been paying for, mm-hmm. and then maybe double because you need to pay for your business stuff. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So like, if I'm not able to make at least that, mm-hmm. then I know I'm not able to quit yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. But um, so what made you decide or? Let me better word this. Um, at what moment did you decide, like, you want to be an advocate for mental health? Like, what made you? Mm. Or maybe it wasn't just one thing. Like, at, maybe at what moment did it kind of, like, yeah turn into that? It was like that. It, it was definitely like that. I was at TCC and I took my first counseling class. And so, like I said, my major was human services. And so I took like classes, like basic counseling skills, group counseling, counseling dynamics, how to interview people and different stuff like that. And I was all in, I was invested. I wasn't a good student in high school, but I 
graduated by the skin of my teeth. And so going to TCC, I had to learn how to be a student, but I was just thankful that I was learning about something that I liked. So school is different when you actually learn or when you like what you're learning about. And so I was in class just engulfed in the conversations. I was just tapped in. I was answering all the questions. Like I was just like, I was in love. And so we were just talking about trauma and mental health and depression. And this was in 2015. Nobody was talking about mental health like that then. So I was like, why is nobody talking about this? Like, why is nobody talking about these struggles? And so, no, that's what it was. I took a community health class and in it, we had to rank the different healths. We had to rank which health was most important, physical health, spiritual health, mental health, like the different healths. And so I went to war for mental health. I was like, mental health is the most important health of them all. And so I just kind of been advocating ever since then. That made me realize the importance of taking care of your mind and taking, making sure that it's like all correlated. Like if you aren't in a good space mentally, then you're not going to work out. You're going to be eating bad. You're going to be doing different. Like when your mind is in a good space, it's hard to have a good quality of life. It's hard to um, enjoy life. And so I was like, you know what? I want to help people enjoy their lives. I want to tell people, okay, like this is the key right here. Like this is the key to happiness is to take care of your mind. And so it's been fun. Like I've been... I've been advocating for mental health since like 2015 and then I just got super passionate and um, not too many people want to work with you without a degree. And so I had just started volunteering everywhere. I was like, I want to use these skills that I'm learning. And so I started volunteering at the Norfolk Juvenile Detention Center. I was doing group counseling there. Um, that was my first ever counseling experience. And then I just kept going and kept going and kept going from there. That's what's up. That's what's up. And it's, it's crazy when you mentioned that, like, in 2015, because mm-hmm. I haven't, I wasn't seeing, like, no figures on TV really mm-hmm. going hard for that. And then, mm-hmm. like, I started seeing, seeing Charlemagne talk about that. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because when I first was watching The Breakfast Club, Charlemagne was wild. Mm-hmm. Like, he was saying the <laughs> craziest, he still be saying crazy stuff now, but, like, uh-huh. it was real bad uh-huh. when I was like, how is this guy on the radio? But, like, <laughs> and then, like, he just started talking about mental health, and, I mean, I don't know what made him want to do it, and mm-hmm. I'm glad he is talking about that, mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that was, like, one of the first people I've seen, like, a, a figure on TV, yeah. like, a black man, a black yeah. person in general, yeah. talk about that, and, um, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's very important, man. And now it's dope that it is becoming a more um, popular conversation. More people are talking about it, but the whack part is like, it's a popular conversation, but it's not really a practiced yeah. um, thing. Like people talk about mental health, this, mental health, that, blah, 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 blah. But it's not something that people are actually practicing. Mm-hmm. I think that like social media is a great connector, but it's also like one of our biggest like downfalls in life. Like if you just think about what you look, if I get on my timeline right now, the first, I swear in the first three stories I click on, there's going to be a post about living your best life or soft girl era or just something about being well or taking care of blocking this or whatever um protecting your peace like that's what that's all that we're seeing about but it's not sweet well people will post about it but they don't actually live it people don't live the lives that they preach about and so as an advocate 
I try to be as intentional as I can about practicing what I preach. And so in the beginning of this year, when I went through one of the hardest periods of my life and dealing with grief and losing my best friend, I was like, I have to practice what I preach. My mental health is not good right now. So I'm not going to get up here and act like it is. And so I took an Instagram, um, I took a social media detox. I was like, I just don't need to see anything. I don't want to see what anybody else has going on in their life. Like, and I had just launched my business and I was just like, that's not going to be good for my business. But I was like, this is going to be good for me. Like I can't run any business. Um, in the state of mind that I'm in right now. And I think that people will try to, people will run themselves dry trying to, but I think there's power in taking a break. We need to see more people like stepping back and taking sabbaticals and taking time to just regroup or rethink and just recreate and stuff like that. Like in this culture of just like this hustling culture, like people don't really just take time to just be. So I'm really an advocate for people just being honestly. That's what's up. Yeah, I, I know. Um, you know, after that unfortunate um tragedy, I was yeah. seeing you um, you and other people like put the stickers. Um, I forgot what it said. Yeah, um, so I created that after she okay. um passed. I created. I got one too. I'll give it to you. Okay. Yeah, but um, sure. yeah, I spoke at her funeral, mm-hmm. and um, that was one of the things. That after I spoke at her funeral, I knew that I wanted to create something to leave people with. I wanted people to leave with a piece of her. I didn't really know. I feel like I definitely wasn't in my right mind. But to see the how far that has gone, like that was really like, was that the first thing I did? That was in March. Yeah, so I came up with the idea for the stickers, gave, I ordered a thousand of them, gave them out of her funeral, and then people really liked them. I called it the Sierra J Project. Mm -hmm. And so on the sticker, it says that Sierra was here. And so, um, this is a way for people to take her everywhere. I, I um, said in my speech that in 25 years, Sierra did more than people do in 65 years. Mm-hmm. And so a way for the world to still see her and a way for people to carry her legacy on to see how far she can go. Right. And so that was my idea behind to see how far she can go. And it was crazy because like within like the first two weeks of the stickers being out, she had made it to Hawaii. She had made it to New York a lot of different times. Like now... I can't even name all the places. She's made it to Africa, Kenya, Mm. Dubai, like just so many different places. And it's just cool to see. um, It's just cool to see that people are still like caring. So like I ordered a thousand after the funeral and then um, I didn't tell her mom or dad or anything about it. I just did it. And then after that, they was like, we got to keep this going. So then we ordered 10,000 more. And then after that, we ordered another 10,000. And so there are like a lot of stickers out there. And it was so crazy because then the news was blowing me up. And it was on the front page of the news. And then the like, um, but that was during the time that I was taking my sabbatical. And so I was like, I'm not about to get on Instagram just to post this. But right. yeah, it was on the news. It was on the front page of the paper. It was, um, it was dope to see that. So my friend told me she was like you have a way of spreading awareness through a cause like using a cause to like spread awareness and so i'm glad it was able to like do that so that was cool yeah that's yeah that is cool i know um when i went to norfolk mm-hmm. um I, I would see those everywhere oh like, that's dope yeah. <laughs> that's it's, dope it's crazy because like i was um i I will put stickers of my own brand mm-hmm. like, i was doing that too mm-hmm. and um you know, just seeing when I was seeing you do that, I was like, man, that, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Even though, despite what mm-hmm. happened, mm-hmm. Um, just to be able to to do something to still have her 
legacy live mm-hmm. on. Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was just, that was kind of good. That was really good to see that, see you doing that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been cool to watch too. Yeah. Yeah. It's been super cool to watch. So, um, let's talk about enjoy. So yes. you say you started it this year, correct? Yes. So I launched it this year, but I came up with the idea for it in 2020. Okay. So it was like November. Oh my goodness. The date is coming up soon. <laughs> um, November 24th, 2020, I was in the coffee shop and I just knew that soon I would, I knew that I wanted a nonprofit, but I didn't know what I knew it was going to probably deal with mental health. I didn't have a lot of the what or really too much of anything. I just knew I was like, I need a name first. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't really thinking too hard about the name. I was just like, it's going to come to me when it's supposed to come to me. And so I was doing a extra credit assignment for one of my classes because it was towards the end of the semester. And it was like a write a letter to Santa um, thing for kids in need. And so at the bottom of it, she said, have a nice summer break. Enjoy. And I was like, yep, this is it. And so I was like, enjoy, but with an I. Mm -hmm. And so enjoy. And so... I typed it up on my computer and I put it in colorful letters and I was like, this is going to be something. I don't know exactly what this means, but this is going to be something. And so joy just stuck out with me because I feel like joy is just something that I always have a lot of. Like God has just given me joy. And so I wanted people to live in joy. I feel like life should be enjoyed and that people should live in joy. And so that's how I came up with that. Um, and then I was just like, okay, now what are we going to do with this? And so it's so crazy because like, I'm pretty sure you can attest to this. Like when you have an idea, I've had to learn a lot. And Joy has taught me so much is that the day that you get the idea does not mean that anytime soon it's going to be time to <laughs> put it out there. I'm pretty sure you've had like a fire. Keep on. Yeah, let's put it down yeah. a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you've had like a fire design that you was like, oh, this going to slap, like this going to hit, but it just won't time to show it yet. Like. Right. I was seeing people launch businesses, people do other things. I was just like, I, I want to tell y'all about Enjoy, but I just knew it wasn't time. I needed to nurture it more. I needed to, I just needed to do a lot more within myself too. I feel like you have to be in a certain place within yourself before you can just put yourself out there. And then too, a little bit of procrastination and then a little bit of, you know, self-doubt. Oh, yep. <laughs> yeah. I go over now with that, man. It's hard. All man. the time. Yeah. Um, and so. so that was a little bit of what took me so long too. But really, I was just nurturing it. So I came up with the idea in November and I was just working on it and I was still in school so I didn't really have the capacity to put all my all into it like because school school had me in a chokehold like I had to focus on my work I couldn't really focus on enjoy like I wanted to so I was like I know when I get out of school I'm gonna be a problem Mm -hmm. and so I graduated May in 2021 and I was like okay I'm about to do something now so I started to put more energy into it and more energy into it and I just started to love it and it's just like a baby like your business feels like your baby like you nurture it and you like I don't know so yeah so I launched in March of 2022 and so I got like my logo made um, my cousin made my logo for me in like February and yeah I launched in March and um I still didn't really know all of what it was yeah I just knew that it was time to start I was like you know what this not gonna be perfect but it's time to start and it's been evolving ever since like I feel like I rebrand every freaking month like because when you're starting something from scratch I just feel like there's so much 
trial and area okay like this is working but this not working like this really worked but I kind of want to do this and so just I've been having to give myself a lot of grace yeah <laughs> take and taking it slow I think that we think the big picture of what all it could be um and I think that intimidates us sometimes of the potential of what the brand has the potential to be and we think about it being on platforms and like celebrities seeing it and different stuff but we don't think about the groundwork of what it takes to like build a foundation of a brand so I've just been super intentional about whatever enjoy gonna be it's gonna stand on a good foundation and so yeah yeah I agree um and I know I've, I've said this plenty of times on different episodes of this podcast. Like I tell people to try to enjoy the grind. Mm, <laughs> like, <try> enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy the grind though. Like, um, I mean, you always going to be grinding no matter mm. how long you in it, but mm-hmm. just the humble beginnings of where you started mm-hmm. and really just enjoy that mm-hmm. process though. Like people like try to like skip over that mm-hmm. and then it, they never get to a certain point where they want to get to because they're mm-hmm. not they're not enjoying it while they're doing it. You know what I'm saying? They're you're not having fun. In the beginning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, it's one thing you you don't want to just throw throw a product out there that's just sloppy or whatever. But it's not like you said it's not gonna be perfect. But mm-hmm. you want to just keep putting out stuff like, mm-hmm. and you can relate it to so many different things when it comes to music. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I have people that I know or. They say they want to do music and they never drop a song mm-hmm. or they're just finding ways to just not put a song out. Let's put mm-hmm. the song out mm-hmm. and like and just put it out and then figure out how you can fix what you put out and it get better every time. Like that's what you just thing. said, too, about you said this is episode 75. This is, this is 75. And you said like going back to thinking about like one of your first episodes, like the microphone that you had man, in the beginning. Look, man, look, I was. <laughs> Anybody listen to this podcast now? Go back to episode one, <laughs> and it's crazy. I, I didn't rec- I didn't video record it, just the audio. So mm-hmm. go back to episode one and listen <laughs> to it. Listen to that, and then listen to this one now. It's mm-hmm. got so much better. But uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like this, that's put it out. Or even with your clothes, like yeah. Oh man, the- <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's man. like cringy looking, looking at some at of the designs. Stuff. Now I thought that, like that design was so hot, like mm-hmm. man. And I look bad. I'm like, man, you don't stress. Like, yeah. And then different things change as the time goes on, too. Mm -hmm. Like, just think about, like, when we was in our Soldier Boy era. Everybody was wearing, like, super big clothes and just different stuff like that. And now we're in the era of... It's crazy how life works. Stuff be hot and then stuff be not. And then stuff come back, like... Some I'm not gonna lie. Like, I would wear a Coogee sweater right now. Or just how different stuff be coming back. Like, at one point... When we was in high school, I know like Reeboks was whack or just something like Black Label, like just mm-hmm. different brands, like how stuff just comes back. It's just it, it's just crazy. But yeah. back to your clothing brand, like how you look at like some of your old designs or what you were printing some of the stuff on or just how your mind has evolved. I feel like as you grow, like your brand grows, too. And as you get more exposure and as you get more capital, you're able to do certain stuff like yeah. you can do more stuff when you have more money straight up. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like you can afford to do um better quality stuff. That's what it is. You can afford better quality exactly. of stuff. Exactly. And like. People be trying to give me so many ideas. Like, I know you probably know. Like, people try to probably been telling you since you started so mm-hmm. many different ways you can run your business. Ooh. And probably a lot of good advice and probably mm-hmm. a lot of advice where it's like, 
you just want to, I just feel like you just want to feel like you're telling me something. Mm-hmm. Just, just to say it, but it probably don't make sense. But you know how it is, man. It just, you know, so I had a little bit of that, a little mm-hmm. bit of, a lot of good advice. And then a lot of advice where just people just want to feel like they, oh, That's I told him that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. But yeah. Um, but, I think mine is the clothing brand. People, so right now, I'm the only person that has anything in joy. I have two enjoy button down shirts i have a hat that my cousin got made for me and i have a hoodie i think that's all i have yeah and they'd be like oh i want some enjoy merch i was like it's gonna be a while before (laughs) because even just talking to you i don't just want to put out anything and to be honest i don't want to be the person making the merch like i don't want that to be my job i have so many other things to focus on on running an organization i feel like it's different than running a business or a clothing line is a whole separate entity of what I'm doing. And right. so while people always say, oh, you need to get some merch. I want some merch. I was like, I'm going to have to wait for merch because that's somebody. I will want somebody on the team for that, like a merch manager, like the person that come up with the design. I don't want to come up with the design, honestly. Like, right. I don't want to be like you. Like, you got a lab back here. I don't want to be doing that. I got other stuff. I'm trying to yeah. get funding. I'm trying to get donations. I'm trying to. I got so much to do. I got to be speaking over here. Like, that's just not what I have the time to do. But when it's time, when it's that season, it will be the season for merch. And so that's like one example that I can think of, of like a, something that people tell me a lot. It's just like, oh, merch. Cause it is a way to get money. Like, oh, yeah. I want to buy a shirt, but it takes cap. You're not just going, I have to buy shirts to do that first. Yeah. Like I have to, like you say, I have to buy like 200 shirts or so a hundred shirts. And then I have to make them. Then I'm going to sell them like, and it's about, like you say, you will at least want to break even. I just don't want to do something because, like, it's something to do. Like, I, it has to make sense to me. Right. No, I feel you. And to, to add on what you just said, I was about to say you can do pre-orders, right? Mm-hmm. But I got a story about a pre-order <laughs> that was a horror story last year. So, I remember you was, while we was talking, you were saying, those, those shorts you dropped earlier this year was dope. Yeah, really So, good. this is what I did. I did a pre-order. Like, I already had... I got a sample made. Mm-hmm. So, the manufacturer sent me the shorts as a sample, and I mm-hmm. got it in my own size so I can wear it myself. So, I looked at the sample. It was good, right? So, I took a picture of the sample and put that on the website. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, all right, pre-orders mm-hmm. for the shorts. And then I asked the manufacturer how long it's going to take. She was like, about three weeks. Mm-hmm. So, I made sure I put on the website... This is a pre-order. It's going to take three weeks to get it. Mm-hmm. It took them about five weeks to make the shorts. Dang. So it took longer than what I had said on the website. Mm-hmm. But luckily, like, nobody really complained. I just had to keep updating everybody. Yeah. Like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Yeah. But, yeah, like, a pre-order, it can, you can do it. Sometimes it don't work, though. Like, you got to really know mm-hmm. for sure, like, because that can help you gain capital, too. Yeah. So, like, if you do a pre-order, let's say you get 100 orders that's pre-ordered, then that capital, you can use that to get actually mm-hmm. make it. Mm-hmm. And then you can ship it out or however you're going to do it. Yeah. And then that way, then you, mm-hmm. you'll know, like, okay, this is how many orders I'm getting. Okay. So, if you if you come out with some more merch, then yeah. you'll know, okay, I might have to get a, a quantity of 100, maybe okay. 150. Mm. So that's something to think about. And it gives you an idea for the demand, too. The, yeah, the demand. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's smart. I so, like that. But the thing is, you got, you want to make sure that whoever making it is making it at a good enough time for you and your customers, too. Yeah. So it worked out, but it was a little bit longer than expected. But mm-hmm. that's a, a way you can kind of approach it. I think something you, know? you said that's important, too, is even though that um, 
it took longer just as a business owner your communication with people right. like it was you told them originally okay it's gonna take three weeks it didn't it took more but just you staying in contact with them i think that makes them trust you that right. lets them know about you as a business owner that makes them know about okay i care about the customer and like the customer experience i think that matters a lot like a lot of people don't like even now like something i told myself is that replying to emails i was like okay mm-hmm. it's all a learning experience i try to tell myself i can reply to an email within 48 hours within 48 hours give me two days like i can reply and maybe that'll change as i get busier but right now like i try to be as good as i can with communicating with people i think that's a super big part of it is like communicating with your audience as well or your customers whichever one it is right no i feel you i'll be man look i'll be at work <laughs> hopefully nobody i work with listens to this but i'll be at work i'll be on my computer mm-hmm. right then i have my phone mm-hmm. so i'm gonna check in my work emails mm-hmm. i'm checking mm-hmm. company emails mm-hmm. so i'll be on my phone like mm, okay yeah. mm-hmm. then i'll be on my phone i mean on my work computer so mm-hmm. yeah I, I just like i feel like as a black business owner mm. This is just my opinion, mm-hmm. but like, I feel like we have like less room to make mistakes because mm. of maybe like the reputation. Somehow, the reputation of black-owned businesses is they don't operate good, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, me as a black-owned business, I'm so paranoid to like mm. do something wrong or yeah. like to not have good customer service or mm. not have good clothes. Mm. So I make sure I just, or if, if it's like a problem, like let's say like a shirt is messed up, mm. I'd be so fast to try to fix it. Like what you, I can fix it. Mm. Ship it to you right now. <laughs> like whatever yeah. you want me to do. Like I'm, I want to make sure that you know that I'm not a shady businessman. So yeah. like, I just try to keep my reputation up. And it's kind of sad that we got to, I feel like for me, you got to go above and beyond to impress people mm. as a black-owned business owner because, I mean, there's certain people think that way. Yeah, like that's they, true. They already, they already need mind thinking, like, black-owned business. I had, yeah. I've had bad experiences mm. already, so why should I trust you? They're not professional. They're not. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, that's so real, and it sucked that, you know, we both, like, are business owners, but you have more of a capital-based, like, right. running a nonprofit. You, yeah, not there. But um, that, okay, so let me ask you something as far as that. Do you feel when you are choosing your pricing? Because that's something that kind of scares me. And so right now I'm not at the stage of like pricing because I don't have a product, but I do a lot of speaking gigs, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, now that I'm at the point of like charging for speaking gigs, I kind of get anxiety about pricing. Like how much should I tell them? But it comes to my friend told me, what do you feel like you're worth? And so... How do you feel as far as like your pricing goes sometimes? Like, how did you get to a point of like comfortability of being this my price and I'm sticking to it? Like, I don't care if you feel like this is too expensive or if you feel like this is low, whatever the case may be. How did you get comfortable with choosing a price or was that strategic? Was it more of like, this is how much it costs me to do this? Like, how do you feel with that? Um... That's a good question, actually. Yeah, because I'm trying to figure it out <laughs> with, like, choosing the price for speaking right now, too. Yeah, so, like, at first, it was just how much I wanted to make from it. Okay. Like, if it costs $7 to make a shirt, mm-hmm. how much did I want to make from it? So, like, and then it came to, like, okay, how much 
Like, I want people, I want it to be affordable, too. Okay. So, it was all about, all right, I, I, average shirt would be, like, 20 to $25 back then. But now, it's probably, like, 30 to 35 now because mm-hmm. I, like I, I feel like I have better shirts. Mm-hmm. Good quality. Um, good quality shirts and um, the way it's printed is better, has mm-hmm. been better. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, it comes to, like, how much you pay to get it made. The cost of every um, design. So like you gotta you gotta factor in not just uh let's let's use a shirt for example, you, you gotta factor in how much the shirt costs, mm-hmm. how much it costs for somebody to print it. Mm-hmm. So it might be if if I'm making it, it might be cheaper because I'm making it, so I'm not paying nobody else to to make the shirt. So the shirt might come out cheaper as far as like how much I put it for on my website because I'm making it. Mm-hmm. So I'm cutting out the middleman, but it depends on like let's say the shorts I got made it from a manufacturer. You know, I had to pay for shipping for them to ship it to me. Um, they'll they'll charge for like certain like features, like for the zipper pockets, mm-hmm. a back pocket. They'll keep charging and like, adding adding different things onto it. And then I figure, all right, it costs this much for every unit. Mm-hmm. You want to at least price it the way you're getting your money back and a profit too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then it's just you know I compare it to like maybe similar items from different clothing brands okay. from. Wherever I go, you know, mm-hmm. just do research and just compare it to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, popular brands, and I compare my designs, and I look at I, I look at like where how they make it. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you know, if you're a clothing brand, you should have like what is how it's made. If it's 100 percent cotton, or mm-hmm. if it's 80 percent cotton, 20. I mean, 20 percent polyester, 80 percent cotton. You got to put that. Um, mm-hmm. You got to put all the features. So I look at it, see how they're making their stuff, and then how they're pricing it, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, if I get this type of hoodie, that's um, 80% cotton, 20% polyester, and it's a stitched on design with this type of hoodie, you know what I'm saying? They're charging this much. I might charge that same price. I might charge a little bit less to kind of like, you know, competition, you mm-hmm. know, stuff like that. Yeah. So a lot of different facts, but all boys, all boils down to how much it is for you to get the product made. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Oh, Yeah. I always, um, and that's why I knew when I had that conversation with you, or you were just telling me like how much a heat press costs and different things and just the whole process of having, um, a clothing business. I was just like, you have to have a time, like that takes time. And I just knew that wasn't what I was ready to invest my time in now. And so, um, I don't know. I think that's cool. But also you have a festival that you run. And so as far as the business aspect of that, like, do you just take the same strategy you use as far as um, your clothing brand to like you running the festival? I don't know. I really like think that you're a super dope business owner. Like I respect you as a business. Oh my gosh. Another thing that they were saying at the um, conference. So we were with Pharrell at the mighty dream forum. And it was like, you are, you're like, you should be a walking billboard. So first of all, Pharrell was Man. fresh. He had on a human race hat and he had on some human race shoes. He's he wearing human race. Everywhere. It made me want to get a human race shirt. <laughs> but <laughs> every time I see you, you always got on Capture the World. It, Everything. And some, ask, I didn't even cut you off, but somebody told me. Good. Somebody told me, um, you know, why you don't have your brand on? Like mm-hmm. it was one day. It was one day I didn't have it on, mm-hmm. and it was a it was a time where I wasn't wearing it consistently like I do now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I really had to like think about it. like, man, how can I? expect somebody to wear my stuff if i'm not wearing it mm-hmm. every day like every day i gotta have it on like if it's just a hat a mm-hmm. hoodie that's 
at least one thing has to be captured the world. Yeah. Right. So um I love that. That's made me want to get yeah. my goal for the next two months is just to rack up on just some enjoy stuff like hats, hoodies, shirts, whatever. I always but my goal for twenty twenty three is I don't want to wear anything but my brand and I want to support more black owned businesses. Mm-hmm. Like that's like so wearing more capture the world and just because if we're gonna support like polo or whoever like you have to believe in your friend's brands, not believe in your brand. So it's just like, I would want to wear that. And so that's what they were t- saying too. Like you have to rock your brand. Like, right. and so I, I love that. Like you always got on something, capture the world. Yeah. Got to. And, um, and I, and when you said be on your own billboard, I actually made a video like talking just like that on TikTok. Mm-hmm. It was like, I was like, you know, you can't expect people, expect people to um, wear your brand if you're not wearing it. You got to be your own billboard. Mm-hmm. And it's free. Like, it's free to be your own billboard. Like, yeah, people paying for, like, Facebook ads mm-hmm. and just paying for advertisement in general. Like, paying people to um to wear your clothes, influence mm-hmm. marketing. Like, if you're going to pay for that, you got to at least wear your own brand. That's free. You wearing mm-hmm. it. You know, it, it's free for you to wear your own brand. You walking out, mm-hmm. wherever you going, you don't know who's going to see it. And Who won't like it? And can nobody? I wore an enjoy shirt the second day at the business block party of the thing, and I was I had that's crazy. I went shopping before like the week no the couple days before. I was I need something fresh to wear, so I have bought all these clothes. But then after they said that about um Pharrell being his own billboard, I had already had an enjoy shirt that I only wore once. I was I'm about to freak this. I wore it and so many people came up to me and was like, I've seen that brand before. Like, I follow you on Instagram. I came to one of your events or, oh, I love your shirt or what's enjoy. And it was one of the best feelings ever. And I also feel like nobody can tell about your brand like you. Mm-hmm. So if I was to have your shirt on, somebody would be like, oh, this is tough. Where you get that from? It would be two different conversations from you having right. it on and me having it on. I'm just a supporter. Like, you are the brains behind it. So now they get to learn more about the why behind the brand the who behind the brand and so i think that's just cool um when you are the walking billboard and you get to tell people the story about your brand too i think that's super cool yeah it is though like and i've said it no matter how many times you say it it's like saying it for the first time mm-hmm. you say it to somebody you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying so um yeah like oh yeah i know you asked you just asked about the festival too mm-hmm. um so let's let's talk about that mm-hmm. so um I'm gonna ask you a question. So, you've had different events mm-hmm. um, before. You had the Enjoy. Fe- I mean, not the, it's it's called a Feel Good Festival. Yeah, the feel, right? yeah that was yeah. the first event I've ever held in my life. And okay. so, the Feel Good Fest is a mental. So it was just a mental health celebration. But then I had to, um, as they say, you have to start paying attention to your audience a little bit and start to seeing who's showing up at these events. And who's my target and who's liking and who's reposting and stuff like that. And I realized it was black millennials. And I was just like, I like it. Like, I like this is who I want to target. This is who I love talking to. I love being at events with these type of people. And so one of the last events I had, it was called Understanding Black Mental Health, a community healing event. It was so, so, so dope. And that's what made me change our um, mission to um what is our mission i just changed it is our mission is to improve mental health in black communities by finding creative solutions to healing and so when i was a counselor i had got 
pretty bored and pretty burnt out too. And so I was like, I want to have fun. Like I want to do something fun. I want to help people heal in a fun way. And so that's where it came into like finding the creative solutions for healing. And so I don't even know how I said I wanted to have a festival. I'd be having so many different thoughts. I don't even know how the festival one came up. But I was like, I just know that I've been advocating for mental health for six years and I want to do something in mental health awareness month. And so that's, I was like, I'm going to call it the Feel Good Festival. And so that was the first event I ever did. I learned so much about events. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. And just business in general. And so, yeah, that was last May. Okay. Well, no, and, that was uh, this May. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you, um, you did that at, um, Larry's uh, yeah, spot, right? His venue, yeah. yeah. I um I had been going to a lot of different of Larry's events. That's how I met a lot of different creatives and just saw that there are just some talented black businesses in the seven five seven and I wanted to support them. I love supporting people and I'm really big on collaboration. And so I was like, How can I support them and how can I bring them how can I bring that audience to like the people that I know, not enough people that I knew, knew that there were some dope people doing these things. They weren't in the same spaces that I was in. And so I, I feel like community is like bringing spaces together. And so I linked with Larry and said, I have the idea for this. And he was like, let's do it. And so it was super dope. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was, it was really, it was really fun. It was really fun. So how did you go about, um, like getting vendors and, uh, you have, yeah, people perform, right? Yeah. Too? So, yeah. Really, we didn't even put out. I had already had about 10 vendors in mind. So I was just super intentional about the vendors that were going to be there because it was a mental health event. And so I wanted the vendors that were there to be vendors that um, were catered around self-care and just businesses that um, just had like a meaning to me. And so one business we had there was a journal business. Another one was a candle business. And another one was she sold like self-care products. Another one was she sold like motivational shirts that had like motivational stuff up there. And then also I had a massage therapist there. And so she was giving away free massages um, because that's a form of healing too, like in self-care massages. And so I also had therapists there. People got to talk to therapists therapist and sign up for therapy I think that was the coolest part um and so I really just wanted to create a platform for all these people that I have met over the past like year or two and bring all of us together and I don't know I always tell people that I want enjoy to be a platform for people to do what they love and so I'm not good at a lot of stuff. I can't play music, but people love music. And so mm-hmm. I reached out to some friends I had that were musicians so that people people don't get to experience live music that often. And so live music yeah. is like one of my favorite things in the world. And so they were there. And so um, I had some friends that have businesses that hadn't done their first pop-up shop yet and so that was kind of my push to them to tell them look i'm having an event now like i done sent you all these events and you ain't done them you gonna come be a vendor at mine so three people there were actually my friends and this was their first time actually being a vendor at an event so that was my way of saying you got this and it's so crazy um one of my friends that was there this was her first time ever doing a pop-up shop she made over seven hundred dollars that's great. <laughs> and she was just like, oh my goodness. Like she didn't expect that. I didn't expect that at all either, but it made her, um, 
it pushed her in her business. Like, you know what? People like my product. Like people like, and it's way better. I'm pretty sure you can attest to this. It's one thing to be in person. I feel like sales are different in person because you it can is. talk to people. Like is, people yeah. can feel your product. People can see the product. Like it's different. So she has candles. People cannot smell candles online. So I feel like it's a harder trust factor there as far as getting people to like trust that, okay, I'm paying this for a candle that I don't even know what it smells like. And so that was just dope. And so, yeah, I just want to create a community of people to come together, introduce new businesses and self-care and healing and stuff like that. And so that was my introduction to business and just learning about like vendors and different stuff like that. I've always been like a background person. I've always been interested in the background of how businesses run. And so like one of my favorite things to watch on YouTube is like marketing and branding. I love, that's my favorite part of business is like the marketing and branding aspect of it. And so I knew that that part would be kind of easy, but by the time we put the flyer out, like calling for vendors, only about two vendors reached out. We already had all the vendors locked in because, like, I kind of hand chose the vendors that right. I wanted to be there. So, yeah. Yeah. That's what's up. Look, when you do it next year, I'm, I definitely want to be a vendor. Yes. Yes. Sure. I would love you to. Send me the info. I'm going to find out. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. But, yeah. So, like, you know, to add on to what you were saying, I know, like, for mine, um, the Caps the World Festival, um, the... The, the engagement when I first like when I put the working flyer out um it was more than what I expected like everybody mm. was sharing I know you were sharing the heck out of it. <laughs> um but That's yeah I, um I, we had a good um you know reception of people wanting to perform we probably had like over like 60 people applied to perform oh wow um like I said we had about like 20 vendors from like four food trucks so oh. um let me just add, your yeah. advertising for that was so good. Like, so. you, oh, it was good. I, like, I forgot I was winging it, man. Yeah, no, nah, it was good. You were so thorough. The fact that you had one post that was saying, like, things to bring to the festival. And then you had, like, the map out of the um, event space. It was right. just like, okay, this is going to be here. They're going to be over here. Like, it was good. Like. The playlist idea, like you had a playlist of right. the people that were, you did a great, I was inspired. I was like, oh, he going crazy. Like he yeah. is going crazy right now. I was super inspired when you were doing that. But you know what's crazy? I follow the same layout as like other big festivals. Mm. Like for example, like even when, um, when I went to Summon the Water the first time, mm-hmm. um, you know, they had the map and they mm-hmm. had the playlist, mm. um, I would just borrow and stuff from like different <laughs> things I've been to before. Like okay. even with Dreamville, like they mm-hmm. had a, they got a playlist, they got a map, mm-hmm. and I was just following like different festival pages and just looking at like mm-hmm. how what they posting, okay. the information they providing. I'm gonna start doing yeah, that. And yeah, I was just like, and I do the same thing. I was doing the same thing for um for Capture the World, like. Before I did the festival, I've been looking at clothing brand Instagrams to how they post it, mm. um, how their products are laid out on their website. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, <clears throat> their photo shoots, like how the quality of their um, people wearing their clothes, the mm. models, it's everything, man. And um, you don't got to copy like exactly what they're doing, but mm-hmm. it's a, it's it's definitely a uh, a layout of how you can do things mm-hmm. for, for any industry you in. Okay. And then you kind of can like, you know, get the skeleton and then kind of like dress it up the way you want to do it mm-hmm. in your own, in your own way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So 
just yeah, man, just use people for inspiration. Like you don't gotta copy exactly what they're doing, but just look at what they're doing and then picture it how you would do it. Like yeah, that's like let's say like somebody made a song and you was like, man, if I had that beat, I'd mm-hmm. do a song like this. It's mm-hmm. the same beat, but mm-hmm. the lyrics might be different, mm-hmm. the hook might be different. You know what I'm saying? So kind of think of it like that. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, that was. You made all the your own flyers though, and all of that. Yeah, I made all the flyers. They um, were good. All the marketing materials. Yeah. Um, we had a board, but you know, that was kind of responsible for like, uh, like I said, I had people responsible for the sponsorships. Um, yeah. Um, the vendors, uh, performers, stuff like that. But like, all the marketing was kind of me mm-hmm. doing that. So okay. Yeah. So, um, but it, yeah, it turned out good. I, I was definitely everybody was saying they was proud of how. It's turned out. Okay. And um definitely inspired me to do it again. So Yeah, mine it was it was my first ever event and it threw me completely off guard. Um, because I didn't have any expectations of it. I just I had put a lot of work into it and I had done a lot of it by myself. And so originally I had, had a team of people, but um when I really started to plan for it and like I had me and stuff for it. Um, that's when my best friend had passed. And so I didn't really, it was a lot of times where it was like, man, bump this festival. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And so I didn't want to bring them along on the journey of me being like inconsistent, honestly. Like there was some days that I would want to work. There was like a, like, it would be times where I wouldn't work on it for a week. And then the next week I'll be like super locked in. And so I just didn't want to bring them on that journey of like the inconsistency because I was grieving and all this other stuff. And so honestly, a lot of it, like I did by myself. And then as the time got closer, my friends was just like, we want to help. Like, what can we do to like take some of this burden off? So the day of came and they definitely showed up for me. They definitely helped me a lot. There were over like 300 people there. And I was just, I learned, I think one of the biggest things I learned is because I'm such a people person. I was just so thankful and just so happy that people were there and was enjoying their time and just were learning and signing up for therapy. I wanted to hug every single person, but it's just like, when you are like curating something, there's so many things that you have to do where you can't even like at the Pharrell event this week, she saw the enjoy show. She was like, I was at your event. I was like, Oh my God, like mm-hmm. that's so dope. But like people wanted to have conversations that I weren't able to really have conversations with everybody there. And I just kind of felt bad. Cause I'm just like, I want them to know that I'm grateful, but I can't talk to everybody. Right. And so I found myself like running around a lot, like trying to talk to this person, trying to thank this person. But um it taught me a lot for the next year's festival for sure like it taught me a lot about business a lot about like even just dealing with like the communication with the vendors and having to be in contact with them or the performers and stuff like that it's a lot to do on your own it's too much to do on your own I would definitely say that so I'm thankful that now I have a team of people that's behind me like ready to step but doing things alone just lead to burnout and it just leads to like exhaustion honestly i was exhausted for like three days after the festival man i was exhausted (laughs) before and after but the the after is the worst though yeah for real i'm not gonna lie i was supposed i put too much on my plate so the festival was on a saturday i was supposed to speak at a church that saturday that sunday morning didn't make it it. i was like it's no way my feet (laughs) hurt i cannot talk to nobody about nothing right now but just trying to be everywhere like i would used to overbook myself a lot like yeah i can do that i can no i'm tired i'm tired (laughs) that's the worst yeah like yep doing events like doing pop-up shops or doing fashion shows Mm. 
Like, I used to do fashion shows all the time. Mm. And then I had to just, like, turn them down. Mm-hmm. Not part of it. Uh, part of it was I feel like I've done a lot of fashion shows in this area. Okay. And then, like, doing a fashion show, like, takes so much preparation. Like, I feel like you, you do more preparation for a fashion show than you do for a regular pop-up shop. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to really, you, you're buying clothes to fit whoever the model is. And, like, most of these shows be having so many models. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you got to fit everybody. And then they had the show. You got to make sure they got it on right. Mm-hmm. It is a lot. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like, this. Don't overwork yourself. Like that's you know to your point about overbooking. Yeah. You know, don't overwork yourself and don't feel like it's anything wrong with saying no. Yes. Like, I yes, can't do yes. this. No, nah, it's not. A, that won't be a good time. You know, it's okay. Yeah, that's what happened after the festival too. So that was like Enjoy's first event. That was people first knowing about Enjoy, and so after that, like I said, that was Mental Health Awareness Month. After that, I knew that I was sitting down. I was like, okay, I haven't given myself. My best friend passed in March. All her funeral was in April. April was getting ready for the festival. I feel like I was in a meeting every single day, just getting ready, preparing for it, and doing stuff. Um, then May was Mental Health Awareness Month, still getting ready for the festival, doing stuff. I knew that after the festival that I was sitting there, I knew that I was about to take a sabbatical. But after the festival, everybody was like, oh, I want to do this event with you. I want to do this. Enjoy it. want to be here. And I was just like, I can't. Like, we're going to be back. I need a break. And so... Um, turning those opportunities down too. And then I had to realize too that every, you don't have to say every opportunity isn't for you. Like you don't, I'm pretty sure you learned that with pop-up shops. Like you don't have to be at every single pop-up shop. Like, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like just saying no to just learning to say no to opportunities that didn't align with what we were doing. And just being okay with that, I feel like I've learned boundaries better now, like having my own organizations now too. It's just like, there have been people that have wanted to work together. I'm just like, I respect you and your business and what you're doing. I'm rooting for you, but that just doesn't align with what we're doing. And so that's kind of hard to like tell them, turning people down in a way. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But, um. So, like, how did you find, like, actually, how many people do you have on your team, man? How did you find them? Ooh, now it's so crazy. I don't even know. So, (laughs) now that I'm in the process of still building my team, and so I've had, I've been having people reach out, like, I want to work with you. What can I do to help? I want to work with you. What can I do to help? And I'm just like, give me a second because I'm still figuring out the foundation of what are we doing. I'm not going to lie. We did the suicide awareness walk. Um, We were a vendor at the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. We were a vendor. That was my first pop-up. Yeah. And I was like, I won't do another pop-up for a while because there were so many questions that people had that I didn't have the answer to. Like, we were the newest organization out there. All the other organizations have been, we're not even a 501c3 yet. Like, a 501c3 is an official nonprofit, as you know. We were the only one that wasn't an official one yet. We just launched in March, and we were at an American foundation of suicide prevention, like walk as a vendor. And so I was like, first of all, being a vendor is a lot of work. It's Mm -hmm. tiring. Like it's a lot. And there were so many people asking questions. We got a lot of exposure. We got our name out there, but I'm just like, we still need to figure out what we're doing. Like I still need to figure out the foundation of what are we doing? Um, and so, all the people that have like reached out and be like, I want to help. I've told them, just give me a second while I figure out what we're doing, where I can figure out where I can get, 
where you fit in because I don't believe in just, I want to bring in people with their strengths. So like I said, um, someone who's good at designing clothes. Once I meet somebody that's good, yes, I'll bring you in. You don't have to know nothing about mental health, but that's what you're passionate about. That's what you want to do. So yeah, boom, you can be an asset to the team. Someone that's good at events. Like I can't do every event. And so having somebody to come in to do that. And so me lately, I've been figuring out what do I need on the team? And then I can go from there. I've been trying to figure out the what before I can figure out the who. So actually, ironically, this week, I have so many meetings with so many different people that want to be on a team just figuring out where they are um, going to be at. And so we have some different programs coming up. And so the different people are going to be leading these programs. And so we have a program that we're starting called Mental Health Through Movement. So um, Mental Health Through Movement is... Um, just doing physical activity, using physical activity to enhance your mental health. And so we're going to do like hip hop dance classes and boxing classes and yoga classes and different stuff like that. And then we're doing a mental health through music. And so, um, I'm partnering with someone whose passion is music and producing music and DJing and stuff like that. And so they're going to run that program. And so, like I said, I'm not good at everything. And so really I've also had to learn how to delegate tasks. That's super hard to me because I'm so used to doing everything on my own. And so like with the social media right now, like I run the social media, but I'm about to give that task to somebody else. But I don't know if you've gotten there. It's kind of hard to give the task away sometimes to just. (laughs) Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Um... (laughs) Because you know how it looks. You know how you want it to look like. I need you to keep it up the way I want. Yes. Yeah. What I want. Yeah. No, I feel you, man. Get like, <laughs> like giving something away that you've been doing for so long, yeah. being a part of your business, like that's tough. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. But I just also know that I just don't. I'm past the part of wanting to even do the social media. I don't want to do the social media aspect of it anymore. But while we're there, I just want to say something that you inspired me through with having enjoyed your consistency. Mm-hmm. Your consistency is on another level, like. You are consistently not even just putting out anything, but you're consistently putting out um, good. You're you're consistently putting out good information. You're consistently putting out like good posts. And I think I've learned from like marketing and brand that you have to figure out what your platform is. My favorite platform to see you on is TikTok. Like, yeah, mine is TikTok. I don't know if you have like what your reach is like on TikTok, Mm -hmm. but it was like at least figure out what your top two engaging um social media platforms are and so people think oh i'm gonna do a youtube a facebook a linkedin a tiktok an instagram you're not going to perform well on every last one of those so you got to figure out which one is the best which one do people interact with the most mine personally is instagram my reach on instagram is the best out of anywhere and so i think that personally my two i want to be instagram and the website like And, per- and for my personal use, LinkedIn. So, like, with me doing speaking gigs and stuff, I'll use, like, LinkedIn more for that. But just being consistent, yeah. I think, is just super important since we were just talking about, like, social media and teams and stuff like that. Like, I don't know, like, what is your intake on the social media aspect of, like, running a business? Man, <laughs> I know I know you have to do it. And I know, like, it'd be times where, because I really don't post too much on my personal um, mm-hmm. Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I post my story, but I don't post like I do on TikTok for my business. 
Um, but it'd be times where I want to just um, get off of social media. Like, Me but it's like, dang, I got to use this for my business. So I got to mm-hmm. get on it. And then mm-hmm. it's like on TikTok, I got to show my face to interact with anybody that sees my post. So mm-hmm. like, I'm not, before TikTok, I was the type of person that I'm not making no videos and mm-hmm. posted it on social media. And then the, you know, the pandemic came and then TikTok blew up and I'm seeing so many creators like, um, market their business through TikTok. And I'm like, man, do I really got to get in front of this camera and <laughs> make these videos? I'd be feeling like I'd be so corny, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? But then you get people commenting on it. Like you get positive comments. And then I encourage you to keep making videos because I was like, I'm not, I mean, you know, I'm a laid back guy. I'm not really that type of type of person. Yeah. But like you were saying, like find out what your niche is and like mm-hmm. what type of content do your followers want to see, mm-hmm. and um, just keep creating that content and just get them what they want. And I had to figure out, don't be shy. Like I'm already <laughs> podcasting. I'm already in front of the camera with the podcast. Yeah. So I'm not doing anything different than what I normally do. So it is what it is. Yeah. One thing I had to realize when after we rebranded and came back, I had to get out of the analytics part of things. Like mm-hmm. I found myself just worrying about like the analytics of things, like how many shares it was getting. And I was like, no, like I can't, I can't like, that's mm-hmm. just too stressful. Like, I'm going to post this whether it get one like or one share. Like, I believe in what I'm posting right now. I believe that this is information that need the world needs. So regardless of... And then, too, I have things in my phone that I've screenshot and never liked. But it reached me. Right. Like, it was a message that got to me. And so I feel like that matters. And so just not caring about the likes or the... I don't know. Or the clout. I think that's really what it is. The clout of yeah. it. Um yeah, I had to get out of the analytics or just looking at the likes and the shares and the reposts and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I just had to really get out of that part. Yeah, for sure. Like, I know... All right, one thing I can say about TikTok is <laughs> I like I like the layout that mm-hmm. it started with. It still kind of has the same layout, but, like, the layout of, like, anybody can see it. Mm-hmm. So, like, you don't got to worry. Like, that's, that was my thing at first, like, I didn't want anybody I knew seeing these corny <laughs> videos. Yeah. You're right. So, but the thing about TikTok was like, your um, the algorithm is just random people that are all over the world. So it's like, if they laughing at me, I, man, I ain't gonna know. I don't yeah. know them anyway. So yeah. who cares? Like, yeah. so that made it more. It made me more free mm. to just post whatever. Like, not even thinking about. Of course, you want to make a good good content, and um, you know, have good lighting and all that. You know, good stuff, but. At the end of the day, you're not overthinking what you're posting. Like, as long mm-hmm. as it aligns with your brand mm-hmm. and it makes sense to your brand, mm-hmm. just post it. Who cares? And, yeah. So, once I figured that out, it wasn't really... I didn't even think about it after that. So Yeah. yeah. I think in this, too, people don't realize that I think having a business just grows you personally, too. Because, like you said, you are a laid-back shy. Not shy. You are a laid-back dude. But, um, or you, even just you saying, oh, I don't want my face to be in a camera. I think that probably in turn ended up just making you more confident as a person too yeah, right. yeah, true. <laughs> like me too like i'm the same way like I, I didn't care for my face to be on enjoy i was like i'm not like you don't people don't have to know that i'm the one that created enjoy because this has way more to do with me like right. this doesn't have when i'm gone i want enjoy to still be here and so um i'm not the biggest fan of like posting all my face on social media either but i don't know maybe i i I'm getting better at it 
uh, I've been forced out of my shell. And so that's been cool. Like, I don't know, having a business has, it's been, it's been one of my favorite college helped me to grow a lot and evolve, but having a business has definitely helped me like grow and evolve a lot because mm-hmm. I had, I listened I listened to this one podcast or a book or something. The lady was saying how all throughout high school, she was a student and then she didn't get her first like C or D until she went to college. And she said, when she got it, her mom was like, I'm happy. She was like, because this is how the world really is. Like the world isn't just full of A's. Like you can work your tail off, but there's just going to be some areas where you're just not good at. Like it's going to be some areas where you fail and I think you just have to be not be afraid to be embarrassed about stuff or not be afraid to not have the answers or to not really know what you're doing all the time. I tell people quit. Like I'm still figuring it out. Like we still trying to figure out what we're doing over here and it hasn't even been a year yet. And so sometimes I'm hard on myself. Like it should be this way. I'm just like, you are just starting off. I didn't go to school for business. I went to school for counseling. Like I know how to counsel people. Like I'm still learning how to, have a business. I can't afford no business coach. Like everything that I'm learning right now, like I'm teaching myself. I'm on YouTube University. TikTok is a great place to learn. I'm talking to my friends that have businesses and have been in the game for a while like that. And so just using your resources and like using community and stuff like that, that I think is just super important, especially when you don't have a business degree. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. It's just, yeah, I can agree. Like, I've been I've been to college and all that, and that helped me. Cause for real, for real, man, like even going back to mental health and how it's kind of all relate to everything I'm about to say. Um, like I feel like when I was in high school, like even middle school, I was like I had social anxiety. Like I had anxiety like this socially, mm-hmm. and like you know when I got to the when I went to the permanent school, and then like I was going to college at the same time. Um, that helped me really get out, get out of my shell. I was kind of, I would say I was a shy kid mm-hmm. growing up. And um, and then having a business, you like, you got to force yourself to be so, social yeah, and know how to talk to people. And that, I feel like that really helped me. Like, you know, that's my, my whole personality now. You know, mm-hmm. I was never like talkative and I'm still, you know, laid back now. But mm-hmm. um, being the business owner, you really got to, get out of your shell but mm-hmm. that's gonna hold you back if you just afraid to just speak about your business you gotta be confident <laughs> about it that's what you told me and, a few weeks ago yeah. when we was talking about the festival you was like don't be afraid to be worse yeah for <laughs> sure like and relating to what you were saying about tiktok like because i was like am i posting too much and i'm like who cares like at the end of the day bro like like once you figure it out once you figure it out figure out to not care and factor like yeah you you don't want to not care so much to where it's not you're not doing good things but you got to like not care what people are thinking about you mm-hmm. too and like i'm like oh i don't care i'm gonna post on tiktok as much as i can i'm gonna post when i'm posting on tiktok on instagram is i'm posting when i'm posting on tiktok on instagram and i'm putting that on instagram then i'm putting when i'm posting on instagram on youtube shorts mm-hmm. you ever heard of youtube shorts mm-hmm. right so you, i'm using that Instagram, TikTok, that's recycling the same content. Mm-hmm. I need to post on um, LinkedIn more too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like this, don't be afraid to be worse. I'm like, who cares? It's your baby. Mm-hmm. And if you're not going hard for it, you can't get mad that it's not going to a certain level. So. Man, so the, diff- so the difference between like having a nonprofit is, so it's still like running a business, but the only thing is you don't have a product. Right. So I'm not selling anything, but um, I'm selling 
you you are selling something you're selling a vision and yeah, so sure. with a nonprofit, you just have to get people to believe in what you're doing mm-hmm. and so something that i've have been having to get out of a show of is asking for money because everything about a nonprofit is asking for donations asking for sponsorships asking 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 and so i don't be wanting to feel like a panhandler just asking for money or just seeming worsome but how are you going to get it if you don't ask? Like, yeah. and so it's so crazy. I posted something on Instagram last week. I just post, I never really post about donations. I made a post about donations in one day, got a hundred dollars. That's a lot of money. Cause that's yeah. not coming out of my pocket. Or even right. today I reposted something, got $3. Every dollar counts. Like everything mm-hmm. counts. I'm just super grateful for it. So I've had to get out of the mindset of caring too. It's just like, how are people going to know about what you're doing if you don't tell them? How are people going to know how to help, too? I think that's the thing that I've been having to learn is just, like, just not being afraid to ask for help at the end of the day, too. Because it's going to be a while before I can probably get a grant or, like, a big sponsorship because we're not an official nonprofit yet. But I think right now my focus, I don't think right now my focus is just getting people to know about enjoy and getting people to believe in what we're doing and just to keep doing events and just keep like creating that space and just I don't know like I'm just really having fun honestly like I just think about I just want to go to fun stuff I want to go to fun events I want to do fun stuff and so I just try to create that atmosphere so we're just in a season right now I'm in a season of getting comfortable with asking for donations and um yeah and so right now we're trying to get our 501c3 like that like i was telling you and so it's a heavy fundraising season now about to enter into and so i'm actually making a video next week talking about fundraising and i really don't feel like it because i don't like being in front of the camera but i'm also in the season of like getting out of my comfort zone so yeah you gotta do what you gotta do (laughs) no for sure and like um yeah before before we wrap it up like i know um documenting documenting what you've done in the past is very important too okay um like even when i had the balls for scholars for me and my friends had it um even getting getting funding for um the capture the world festival um i still i had pictures and videos from those previous events even though okay. capture the world isn't a non-profit but Luckily, we had good professional pictures of what we've done mm. in the past. Okay. And when I was reaching out to these people for the for the festival, um, I was like, well, you know, I had a nonprofit called Ball for Scholars. Currently not, currently not running that, but mm. this is Capture the World, but this is what I've done in the past. Mm. So this is what we plan to do. We plan to do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So like when I went to like Old Point Bank, I gave them all them pictures and videos, showed mm. them like, this is what we're going to do. Anything you need me to show you that I'm not going to take your money. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, people scared to get yeah, scammed. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I showed her that and I was like, I came to her in person. I'm like, this is what we're going to do. I was like, look, we're going to make a shirt. We're going to have the logo on the back. So mm-hmm. once the festival was over, I went back to her and gave her a shirt because she gave us um cups with um, Old Point Bank on it. Okay. And um, so, yeah, so we, we had the book bags. We had did book bags, put school supplies in and then put the cups she donated in the book bags. And then we had pictures of the event after the event. So I, was, I had sent her pictures of the event um, to her email. Okay. And she was like, oh, that's great. So, you know, her seeing what, where her money when went, went to, yeah. made her like, like you said, creating trust. And then mm-hmm. went back to her after the event 
gave her a shirt, saw her about to mm-hmm. That's stuff like that, man. And that's, now you created a relationship, yeah, too. Facts, like now so. that's a relationship that she knows that this is your brand, this is what you're doing, and that you are trustworthy. For sure, for sure. Um, so I got one more question for you yeah. before we wrap it up. Um, look, we have to do a part two because yeah. look, this this can easily be a, a two hour episode. Yeah, but, I'm down. Um, so this is a question I ask everybody okay. on the podcast. Um, just relating to what you do, how do you plan to capture the world? Mm. How does Drew Ferriby mm. plan to capture the world? Just by being myself, I've realized that it's not really what you do; it's who you are. Mm-hmm. And so I plan to just capture the world by just being authentic and just being me and just showing up as me and not trying to fake it or not trying to duplicate what somebody else is doing. I feel like you got to have your own flavor. Um, but yeah, just by being myself, I think that'll, that's what's going to capture the world. That's a really good question. I got to go write that down yeah. when I go so, home now. Some people be getting, uh, <laughs> they, they get surprised by that question, like capture the world, man, it sounds so mm-hmm so broad you know what i'm saying but yeah. you know but yeah um i mean that's what the brand is about that's what yeah. this podcast is about um everybody is capturing the world and what they doing in life so my job i feel like to me the brand it's a brand it's not just a clothing brand it's mm-hmm. a brand in general that's why i got so many different things mm-hmm. coming from the brand mm-hmm. so it's like we got the podcast we got the festival it's just whatever i can do to um I guess for to show people what their brand is about by these different things I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So that's what it's all about at the end of the day. And um, yeah. On a, on the last note, I just appreciate you coming out. Yeah. And um, telling us about what you got going on. And, yeah, um, I'll keep you updated on um the vending stuff. I, I'm pretty sure. Hopefully, we can lock in the space by like December. Okay. But then hopefully, I can send out like the vendor applications in like January. But I would love to have you out there just because like I rock with the brand so hard. And two, it's only so Feel Good Festival is a Black mental health celebration celebrating Black businesses. So it's only going to be Black businesses out there. So mm-hmm. Black food trucks. They're going to be nothing but black therapists for people to sign up with so i'm excited i've never been to like okay no i have been to a i went to like one of my first all black like events it just felt good there's a different energy that comes where you just surround your people and your people just supporting each other and so i'm excited to i'm excited like you just kind of got me hyped tomorrow is <laughs> yeah tomorrow is the day that i told you i have like 16 million meetings about the festival but i'm excited to like you said don't don't cheat the grind or don't like skip the grind this is like that season of grind and so i'm just trying to be present in this yeah yeah be excited about it and, yeah um, you know don't overwork yourself but definitely put the work in and be excited and yeah. um it's all gonna pay off tell people um the social media so they can follow yeah you that. so my personal social media is walking not with a g so w a l k i n n P-U-R-P-O-S-C, walking in purpose. And then my business's Instagram, enjoy, is I-N-J with five O's, O-O-O-O-O-Y. Yeah, right, I know. Another one was taken. So, but yeah, I think you can probably link it in the thing because they probably not going to. Yeah, it's going to be in the description. Yeah, in On the video, y'all going to see it on the top of the screen. Oh, okay, cool. So I got y'all, yeah. Okay. Those those watching on YouTube, I got y'all. Okay. But yeah, well... 
Yeah, it's a wrap. Yeah, Drew definitely got to get a part two, like I said. Okay, I'm down. And um, this was fun. I never get to talk about like the business side of things, so yeah. that's why I was so excited to talk about it. Well, I'm glad you you were able to talk about it tonight. And um, shout out to all of our Spotify listeners, Apple Podcast listeners, YouTube listeners. This is another episode of the Capture Podcast, and we see you on the next on the next episode. Have a good one. Peace.